You're listening to the Castworks Industries Comedy Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. Simmer down now. Everybody gather around. Gather around. Gather around your radio. Because it's time for Chrome Dome Radio. We have much to talk about on this, the 9th of December. Things are happening. Things are moving. And this is episode 69, Giggity, of Chrome Dome Radio. I welcome you, and I thank you for tuning in. And uh, it's the holiday season. And we're here. And... You know, every holiday season's a joyous occasion. Every holiday season, we find new things to get offended about. And that's okay, because we are a progressive society. And we sh- we showed that guy who wrote, Baby It's Called Outside, Who's Boss? We showed him that his song was actually about rape. Because he, he was probably back there thinking, I, I just wrote a nice song about a couple being flirty with each other, and they like each other. No, sir. No, sir, you wrote a song about rape. And I reject that. But I I didn't intend for it to be that way. I didn't even realize I was doing that. Well, good. Well, I'm glad I can inform you of what you wrote that song actually about. How dare you? Those lyrics. Well, I, I'm sorry. I, did, I really I really, really had no intention of, of writing such such terrible lyrics. Well, you should think twice before you write a song again. But I'm dead. Well, good. Good for you. <laughs> Dude, how do you shop for people who get offended? How do you shop? How do you buy gifts for people who get offended? Like, what are you gonna You buy a chick a, a straightening iron. Are you expecting me to straighten my hair? Like some common whore? What do you think? I just have two hours of free time to straighten my hair? How dare you? Even the men. You get them a toy or something. Uh, this toy says batteries not included. And I'm offended for those batteries. All batteries should be included. Uh. I'm offended for those ba- This doesn't take batteries, dude. But still... It shouldn't say it. I want a toy that's all-inclusive batteries. <laughs> the, hey, you don't have to worry about a choking hazard anymore because we all know the little plastic toys are now made of eco-friendly biodegradable paper. Uh, paper toys. <laughs> paper toys. Paper action figures. Paper dolls. Yeah, you, you get to use them one time, kid. One time, it rains. Eh. One time use only. But it's good for the environment. I got my Zevia, as I normally do. And, uh, oh, my brother brought up a good point. He's like, hey, your channel, your YouTube channel, this is on YouTube, by the way, it's not monetized, but, hey, why don't you throw an Amazon affiliation link in the description? Maybe somebody will click it. So, hey, that's what I'll do. I'll throw a Zevia affiliation link in the description of my YouTube video, and you can take it upon yourself to buy, said Zevia, and I will get money. 
and I want money. And there you have it, honesty for once. And that's what this podcast is all about, honesty. Honesty is such a lonely word. Name the artist. Bet you can't, Billy Joel. Gotcha. Uh, I watched, what did I watch? The, I watched a couple movies, actually. So uh, when I was in Texas, I watched, I already forgot the name, Ford versus Ferrari. That was very good. And uh, Christian Bale. I don't know, does the dude ever let you down? He's a psychopath, but he's good. Dude's crazy, but he can act. And I tell you what, that tends to make the best actors is when they're nuts. When they're nuts. And then they're good actors. And then I saw... uh, Oh, first I'll mention I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Again, Leo. Weirdo. Phenomenal actor. Brad Pitt was in that one too. And I liked that one because I I felt like Tarantino was trying something a little bit different. And then it went 100% Tarantino by the end of it. You know, he was just kind of... Because, by the way, I love when Tarantino does the types of types of scenes where it's just dialogue for 20 minutes, but the dialogue is so good that you're sucked in. He didn't really do that in this movie. But there was copious amounts of violence by the end of it, and you were watching a Tarantino movie. And I'm okay with that, because a genius. And speaking of genius, the movie I really wanted to talk about was... The Irishman, starring Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, uh, Joe Pesci, Harvey Keitel. I mean, A-list, dude. Old school A-list, though, right? And uh, didn't disappoint. And I got to tell you, when I get excited for a movie, I get worried. Why do I get worried? Because I've had bad experiences. Let me tell you how excited I was. And this was young me. This is the difference between old weathered me and young stupid me. Five years ago, young stupid me. Five minutes ago, young stupid me. Now, old and weathered. And here's a mistake I made when I was young stupid me. I got excited for the movie Independence Day 2. Independence Day 2. Why? I was excited. Only the Lord knows. But I was, and I went into that movie, and my butthole is still sore from being bent over so hard. Because that's what it felt like. That movie sucked. And I learned something that day. I said, you know what? When it, Dude, especially when it comes to reboots, remakes, rethinkings, re-releases, remasterings, don't get excited. Okay? Don't get excited over these rehashed old ideas just coming, re being rebirthed. If it's re-anything, re-something, don't get excited. Now, the difference is The Irishman is a re-nothing. It was a book written, I think, in 2004, and it's based on the Jimmy Hoffa story, and it takes some liberties here and there. Mainly the way that he dies. (laughs) But it's not a remake of any kind. But it is bringing back an old school group of dudes. Joe Pesci's been in retirement since how long? I think the last movie he did was 
Dude, is the last movie he did Gone Fishing? Because that would be so funny if he just did Gone Fishing and then never returned. Was he sending a signal? Let's see, Gone Fishing, Joe Pesci, and Danny Glover. I got to, I got to do um, Joe Pesci, IMDb. Let's, let's see where how long he's been gone, and what the last thing he did was. All right, so he did in '97, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. That was actually pretty good. Then he did Gone Fishing. Oh, he did Lethal Weapon Weapon Four after that, and then he made a very short cameo in the good shepherd that was a good movie the love ranch i don't even know what that is and then he did a voice for a warrior's tale and then oh and then he was in that 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 like commercial i don't remember him doing a voice for that though the commercial the home alone commercial that came out last year regardless the dude hasn't been very active in like 20 years and he came out guns a blazing dude you know what i loved about joe pesci's performance is that he, because Joe Pesci has a thing, right? A lot of great actors do. Like, Arnold has his thing. I'll be back, right? And then, you know, Nick Nick Cage has the, his thing where he's just got, at some point, got to go crazy. Where he's, you know, he's got to do something. I could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> so, it, you know, and Pesci's got his thing. You know, everybody loves when he gets angry and he yells and he calls people names. He didn't do that once this uh movie he was he played the character so well not that i know what the character who's even playing but his character was so believable because he made it something else like it, he just didn't play a stereotypical joe pesci role and i loved it and then you got de niro coming out and by the way also think dia de, de niro might be in the initial stages of going batshit crazy he might be because uh, he kind of is still a fantastic actor, and he crushed it. And then I got to tell you, man, Pacino was great. Pacino was probably the most animated of the three, and Harvey Keitel wasn't in it too much. He was, he, well, I mean, he was in it enough, but he wasn't in it like in, in his normal type roles. And Pacino was probably the most animated. And there were certain scenes in the movie that I felt like without Pacino there, it would have been very different. And one scene in particular, if you've seen the movie, there's a scene where he's doing his classic Pacino, like like flip out time, and he's like, ha 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 ha, you know, like, like Al Pacino, like ah, and then uh, uh, De Niro's in the back, and at some point in the in the yelling rant that Pacino was on, he was like, he was like, fuck you guys, you know that thing. So De Niro leaves the room, and Pacino follows him out, and he goes, where are you going? And De Niro's like, oh, I'm leaving. You can't talk to me like that. I'm leaving. And Pacino's character suddenly is just like, no, that wasn't for you. That wasn't for you. Come in. Come in. That wasn't for you. No, I would never say something like that to you. And if it was any other actor, because he could go, I mean, he seriously went from, you know, 11, and then he brought it down to 3. And then he was able to get De Niro's character back into the room. I didn't mean that for you. Come in. Come in. Pacino, man. Pacino, man. And and the movie was so Scorsese. I mean, from the first minute of the movie, it's Scorsese. Like, it starts with, like, a camera, like, going through uh, an old person home. And then it comes to old man De Niro. And 
uh, who's playing Frank Sheeran, and he starts narrating. I mean, and I'm thinking, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, like how many good Scorsese movies start with a dude narrating right off the bat? You know, and so and then and just the way it's directed and the way it feels, I mean, it's just classic Scorsese. It's so good, and I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Okay, okay. And then I was laughing because I was like, man, because uh, Pacino was playing Hoffa, and Pacino, I mean, Hoffa was like president of the union, the Teamsters, and I think. I think he was trying to get into politics or they were talking about voting for some Italian guy for politics. And I was like, there's never been an Italian president. And I was like, I don't even think any of the presidents even were like partially Italian, like no Italian descendants, you know? And I'm like, I, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> that's, that's probably okay. You know? You get, Cause even at the uh, dude, I don't even know how, like, a real, like, could you imagine, like, a real stereotypical Italian-American getting elected president? I don't even know how they would. You'd be, They'd be at the inauguration. They'd be like, do you swear, you know, uh, to uphold the Constitution? And he just goes, yeah. All right? And then he's got to give a speech. And he, t- you know, gets in front of the podium, the mic, that just millions of people out there. They're cheering his name. They're waving the American flag. You know, he's got bulletproof glass. Remember that bulletproof glass that was in front of Trump and Obama when they did their inauguration? There's this big, they're expecting some big, beautiful, inspirational speech. And he he just goes, this is a great honor. And I very much appreciate it. God bless. And just walks away. You know? And every and everybody, you know how like every time a president gets elected these days, the opposing party's like, "Ah, he's a dictator, fascist, and he's gonna try to get an extra term." You know, they're always like, "He's gonna try to go an extra four years," and they never do. They're gonna think the opposite of the Italian president. Gonna they're gonna be like, "He's trying to get out of there in six months," and then the the president goes, six months. Hey, give me two and a half weeks. I'll have this whole thing straightened out." Two and a half weeks. In, out. Boom. <laughs> They're all worried. He doesn't want to do his four years. Four years. Who needs four years? To... Come on. Two and a half weeks. You know? They're all worried about him. <laughs> He's got to be like the uh, with other foreign leaders, though. And the other foreign leaders don't know. They'll be over there. They'll be over there in England, and the British Prime Minister will be like, Fetch me my knickers, Nigel. We're off to the United States to meet the new president. I'm sure he has much planned for us, and this is quite the exciting occasion. I expect to look dapper, Nigel. So he shows up to the White House. There's an Italian flag waving, you know? You know, that that is quite odd. Hmm. (laughs) And then he gets up to the gates, and he's he's greeted by uh, the gentleman to his right, is Frank. And the gentleman to his left, they are now surrounding the car, is Sal. Eh, eh, what can I do for you? I'm the British Prime Minister. I have a meeting with the President of the United States. They don't say a word. Eh, they just nod. He drives in, you know, in a little British car. Because that's what they sound like. And, uh, you know, he's got to walk through the front doors. And again, he's greeted by a guy named Tony and another guy named Tony. As, of course. 
And then he get he finally gets in. As soon as he walks through the door, the Italian president of the United States is standing right there, and he says, "Hey, hey, welcome to the White House. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. You hungry? Can I get you something? I got Nona in the kitchen making meatballs. What do you want? Come on. Come on. Come on in. You know. And the, and he's like, oh, this is quite odd." This is not at all what I was expecting when I came to the White House to meet the President of the United States. <laughs> Here, sit down, sit down. Come on, sit. Sit. What do you want? You want coffee? You want cappuccino? You want anazette with your coffee? Hey, Frankie, get get the Prime Minister coffee. Come on. Oh, you guys drink tea. As I assure you, sir, I'm fine. I, I do not need any tea. I don't need coffee. I, I, I'd like to get to the topic at hand here and discuss the relationship between our great nations. Frankie, get him a coffee. Come on. All right. You want a cigar? Okay, we're good. Hey, by, let me ask you something. When you're making tea, do you put the bag, the tea bag, in the water and then you nuke it? Or do you nuke the water first and then put the bag in? Sure, sir, I... Assure you, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'd like, again, to get to the topic at hand. We'll get to that. We're gonna get to that. Let me tell you what. We got Frankie and Tony. They're setting up bocce out front. That's the thing, dude. There's gonna be Italians playing bocce on the front lawn the whole dirt, the whole two and a half weeks of the presidency. And you remember that, remember that, um, remember that guy that broke into the White House and he made it through the front door and he, I don't know, he's playing fucking N64. You know, for three hours before they found him, you know, he was making a sandwich, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and nobody knew he was there. And at some point, someone was like, that guy doesn't look familiar. We should probably look into him. He's dressed differently. <laughs> he looks suspicious. Are you fucking... Dude, if there, if there was an Italian president, everybody's out front playing bocce, the second that dude hops the fence... Some dude named Tony's just gonna be like, you know that fucking guy? Hey, hey, Frankie, you know that fucking guy? They're gonna be like, no, I don't know that guy. Gone. Zip. Zip it up. It would never. They would never have made it to the front door. Gone. And then, and then some news guy would be like, so we saw somebody jump the fence. Where, who was that? And the Italian president of the United States goes, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. There was a guy. He jumped the fence, and he was running, and then we didn't see where he came out. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Tony, you know anything about that? No, sir. Well, Tony don't know anything about that. The, the, the interviewer's like, uh, but we saw him. Hey, well, Tony don't know. If Tony don't know, I don't know. And that's it. <laughs> that's how they would take care. That's how they would take care of dictators. They'd be like, Kim Jong-un has been missing for three days. Do you know anything about that? Tony, you know anything about that? No, I don't know anything about that. Well, Tony, you don't know anything about that, which means I don't know anything about that. But, you know, the world's probably better off without him. Uh, vote for the Italian president of the future. All right. Where am I going? How long have I been going already? And we're at 19 minutes. Let's spend some time talking. I didn't prepare well enough for this. Uh, I released a video on the YouTube channel of me reacting 
to the Ghostbusters 3 trailer, which was just dropped uh, today in the morning. And I've watched it like eight times probably since then. And Okay, so earlier in this episode, excuse me, I was saying how I'm very cautious around reboots and remakes and rebirths and re-anythings. So I am extremely cautious approaching this movie. In fact, this movie scares the shit out of me. And again, I'm I'm not one of those people. I hate when people are like, "Don't screw with my childhood." Fuck that. You're not fucking with my childhood, okay? You're fucking with my adulthood, cause I gotta go and waste my time seeing this bullshit. I'm totally cool with what I've seen in the past. I like what I like, and I don't like what I don't like. I don't like adding to my list of shit that I don't like. Okay? You're not fucking up my childhood. You're fucking up me now. So don't waste my time on shit movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Uh, and then, so... You know, I'm watching this trailer. First of all, by the way, if you haven't seen the trailer, pause it now. Pause this episode. Go watch the trailer on YouTube and then come back. Okay, I will wait. I have a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man on hand. I will rub his belly while you watch the trailer. That's how the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man laughs. And we're back. All right, so uh, first of all, the trailer starts off like I don't even know with like some coming of age teen song I was not expecting that at all like the way I envisioned this trailer I I just thought they would start it like super mysterious and super creepy kind of like how the teaser started where it's like that slow shot towards the barn and then the Ghostbusters thing is revealed I mean this literally starts like like it's not like it's not even remotely a Ghostbusters movie it just seems like a teen coming of age movie, you know. There's a it, the uh, what's his name, Stranger Things kid is like flirting with a girl, and then boom, and they're like, "What's that?" And you're like, "Okay, here we go now. Here we go, right?" So basically, what's described at the beginning is that this family who is broke has inherited a large piece of land, including an old busted barn. And they are moving there because they're broke. They don't have much of a choice. They have to move to this small town. And th- that's what's, what's not really clear is it seems like the family doesn't know exactly who they're inheriting this from. They know it's the grandfather, but it seems they've never met him. And I'm very interested to see how they explain that, how they never met the grandfather who, and we'll get to this, is Egon. I don't even think it's up for debate. The family, the children in this video, their grandfather is Egon. And who obviously is famously played by Harold Ramis, who was a co-writer in the original and who has passed on since. So, uh, the way the trailer goes is then, uh, you know, the girl specifically seems to be, to have a little bit more of a connection to her grandfather somehow. Where she's the one that finds the ghost trap and she brings it into school presumably, and shows her teacher, who is played by Paul Rudd, and he thinks it's a replica. 
Okay, so, and, and he goes, well, that's a hell of a replica you have. And like a re replica of what? So there's clearly like this thing where the younger generation doesn't even know what the Ghostbusters were. And it seems like the older generation either doesn't acknowledge they ever exist or never believed them. Because remember, the Ghostbusters struggled, struggled with that in the originals, that they weren't real. They might have been just scamsters. They might have been placing fake ghosts themselves or whatever the heck they were doing. So he apparently, Paul Rudd, is a believer of this. And he says, what, you were never told? Your father never told you about the Ghostbusters? And then she says, well, it's only my mother now. So again, we don't know. Here's what we don't know is the descendant, the descendant of Egon, if it's the mother or the son who has also, also seems to have died or disappeared. I guess that wasn't confirmed yet. So you know what I'm saying? So like the girl says... You know, the, the teacher says, well, your father never told you. And she says, well, my father's not around. What if the father is actually the descendant of Egon? And he's missing, too. Bum, bum, bum! So then it goes into very familiar music. And this is where I started to get excited in the trailer. You know, he, he's looking at the ghost trap. And then you hear very familiar Ghostbuster music. And then the soundtrack starts to play. And then, dude, the best part of the whole trailer is an updated version of, like, the original score. And you hear Bill Murray's voice. And he's, he's doing the whole part. Call it fate. Call it luck. Call it karma. And I was like, oh, here we go, baby. And then it shows Stranger Things, kid. And he fires up the Ecto-1. And he's scooting it around the field. And then it's just like this quick action sequence where, okay, first of all, the little girl's like, she like shoots out of the Ecto-mobile in the seat. And they're like, this has a gunner seat? And then she's shooting at what looks like Slimer. I think that was Slimer. Or, you know, it's 2019. It could be baby Slimer. Maybe it's baby Slimer and because they want well, they want it to go viral and they gotta sell the toys, baby. They gotta sell some Slimer toys. I got Slimer around here. Where's my Slimer? Hey, he's on the floor! There you go, Slimer. And it looked like baby Slimer or something. I don't know what it was. It looked like a Slimer thing flying around. And then... And then um, and there was a lot of uh, clues to the whole Egon Spangler thing. So clue number one was and you may not have caught this one but it shows his desk and on his desk are spores molds and fungus oh one for the ghostbuster nerds and then it shows a proton pack and then it shows she's she's sifting through the uniforms that are hanging there and the one in the front says spangler so it's clearly egon dude um now high level High level me, I like the direction they're going with this. I thought it was going to be like a true Ghostbusters 3. This seems to be more like a side story a little bit that takes place in the Ghostbusters universe. And obviously this one's very closely connected to the original Ghostbusters because of the whole family aspect. I think it's strange that... Here's what I think is strange. And I said it in my review... I don't understand the timeline of the Ectomobile now. If you look at the Ectomobile, it's the Ectomobile from 1984. They heavily modified it in 1989. And I list off all the differences. For example, some of the decals were different. The logo on the car was different. Some of the equipment on top was different. I think the rear bumper was different. And then I'm like, well, I guess they could have 
undone some of the modifications and put it back to normal. But then I was like, but the license plate. The license plate is that old, ugly New York plate, which they've gone back to now, that says Ecto-1. Famously, like, remember when the, the firehouse doors open and you see the Ecto, like, all restored for the first time and it comes flying out? It's the yellow plate. That was notoriously switched out for the sequel in 1989 to the Statue of Liberty plate. I mean, they even put that into the story when they're, like, trying to figure out a symbol that'll unite America. And they look at the plate, and they're like, oh, the Statue of Liberty, of course! Of course, the Statue of Liberty! So then, but, but in this one, it's back to the yellow plate. So now I'm wondering, are they going to ignore Ghostbusters from 1989? Ghostbusters 2? Are they just going to kind of be like, yeah, that never happened? <laughs> or, or, okay, here's another theory. What if, ooh... What if the events that took place in 94 split the dimensions somehow, right? And in the Ghostbusters 2 dimension, that was one storyline. And then this is, like, maybe another storyline. You know what I mean? So that, like, maybe, or you know, maybe whatever happened in the 1984 Ghostbusters, you know, if it created, like, an alternate dimension, maybe they're going to go down that route. Because Dan Aykroyd believes this stuff man you want to know why ghostbusters is so good because dan Aykroyd believed in it he believes in in the ghosts and and all this stuff watch the joe rogan podcast with dan Aykroyd. i mean this is a hundred percent why that movie was so believable because he had, he was able to explain everything there's a, there's a clip of dan Aykroyd uh talking about the ectomobile when they restored it like 10 years ago that dude is walking around each little thing that's on the roof and inside the car, and he's explaining what it does. He knows. He put everything there strategically. You know, this is the that. That is the this. This is the that. That's what this does. The people who restored the thing didn't even know what it, what it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so weird. Now, again, back to the trailer. They didn't show any OG Ghostbusters. No Bill Murray, no Ernie Hudson, no Dan Aykroyd, no Sigourney Weaver, and uh, what's her name? The secretary. I forgot her name. She's She wasn't in it either. Now, I'm wondering how they're going to do this. So they can go the route where half the movie is the family's background, kind of like how the trailer played out, and then the the second half of the movie, they're going to bring the OG Ghostbusters back to show them how to use the equipment and then raise the new generation. You know what they're going to do. I don't know how soon the original Ghostbusters are going to show up. Now, in the trailer, it seemed like they might not be there until halfway through, but that could also be the trailer trying to keep secrets. This is what's interesting when they make trailers. How much are they going to keep a secret, and how much are they going to reveal? Now, if it comes out that they're keeping as much of this as secretive as possible, I'm okay with that. Because a lot of the times, you see the trailer, you're done seeing the movie. And then you're like, well, save myself 13 bucks, because I know how it's going to end. And they might be doing a good job keeping this one under wraps. Because, again, we don't know. We know that the original cast is coming back, but we don't know to what extent. Are they going to do short little cameos? I don't think so. Are they going to be in the whole movie? I also don't think so. You know, maybe Dan Aykroyd is in it more than the other two. You know, how is Sigourney Weaver going to tie into this story? So, 
that's the type of stuff where I actually don't even know if I want to know until I go see it because I'm obviously going to see it. As long as the trailers are good enough, then I'm going to go see it. And again, are they going to sneak Rick Moranis into this thing? Because we haven't seen Rick Moranis in a while. You know, he went into early retirement a long time ago, right around the time Joe Pesci did. You know? So... I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm I'm cautiously excited. And by the way, I forgot to mention there's a Terra dog in the trailer. That's the Gozer's dogs, dude. That is definitely what that is there. It's the same growl. Because I, I watched one video and they're like, oh my god, is that what is that what I think it is? Is that what? No, it definitely is. That's the growl, dude. That's a Terra dog. You know, one of those like gargoyle things that comes alive. And it looks like it might actually possess Paul Rudd in the trailer. Because that's Paul Rudd in the car when it's, it, you know, its claw comes down on the hood. And I should also say, uh, a very Stranger Things. It, 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 it has a very strong Stranger Things vibe. Because there's like kids playing with gadgets and stuff. I want, you know what I can't help but wonder? Because when that episode of Stranger Things where the kids are dressed as the Ghostbusters... It seems like odd timing that now, not only did they get the idea of now bringing kids back and letting them put on the proton pack and making Ghostbusters 3, but they even casted the same kid. You know? Like, they had to know that this was going to feel a lot like Stranger Things, which is so strange because Stranger Things, which is so strange because Stranger Things, was strongly influenced by Ghostbusters. And it all comes full circle. It's like Ghostbusters made Stranger Things, with made, which made Ghostbusters 3. <sighs> Hollywood, you, you dirty rascal. And that's it. We've talked a lot about a lot of things today. You know? Not really. We talked about a few things, but it was good. It was a good conversation. It was very one-way. You know, next time I'd appreciate if you guys speak up a little bit. You know, it was a very one-way conversation, and sometimes it gets awkward. You know, just talking to a camera by myself. Let me know in the comments. The video for this podcast is on YouTube and XOTV. If you want Zevia, there's a link in the description. <laughs> Pay me! Um, let me know what you think. What do you think of The Irishman? What do you think about this Ghostbusters movie coming up? What's going to happen, guys? Tell me in the comments of the videos, Okay. And that's it. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, please like and subscribe. I'm trying to grow this thing and make it beautiful. Like a beautiful flower blossoming on a summer day. And uh, that's it. I'm done. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.